is, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, excuse me, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. And I know we started Book of Acts last, last uh, started to say last month, wasn't last month, last week. And um, I, uh, you know, we think about the Gospels, and I know I mentioned this last week a little bit, but the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they give us the documentation and the history of Jesus Christ while he was living here on earth. Wouldn't you all agree? I mean, and, you know, I think so many times we read those at times, and I mean, we just, I just think sometimes we read the Bible and we, I mean, we should take it for granted because it is God's word, but I think we just read it and we don't give a whole lot of thought to the, what we're really being, the details and the documentation and the history that, that we're being given. I mean, this just wasn't something that men kind of threw together. I mean, when we look at this and we study it and we read it, I mean, there's great amounts of detail in here and documentation. I mean, for folks to say that the Bible was not true, they just don't want to believe, okay? I mean, it's that simple. Because those of us that know that it's true, I mean, we know it's true, okay? And it's not just because we want to believe that it's true. We know it's true because it's been revealed to us. So, Have you ever wondered, it's amazing what you're looking at it Yeah, I don't know. So, so the Gospels make it clear that Jesus Christ is the one and only Son of God, okay? I mean, they make it clear. I mean, the Gospels now, the whole Bible I know is about the same thing. But the Gospels make it clear. And we know that he came to this earth to reveal God the Father. Listen, I mean, you know, I just, I just sat and wrote this. He, re, he came here to reveal God the Father to lost mankind and to give his life for lost mankind. And you all say, well, that's, I mean, we already know that. I mean, but think about that. I mean, to fulfill the plan of salvation. I mean, and that's what we're taught. That's what we're given in the Gospels is that account, those accounts of his life. In the plan of salvation that's available to every person. And while Christ was on this earth, we know, again, in the Gospels and other places in the Bible, that he did mighty works that only he could do. Only he could do. And you think about some of these things. John records for us in Jesus' own words, and I'm going to turn back here to John 10, verses 25. Hang on just a minute. John chapter 10, verse 25. This is what Jesus himself said, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he says in verse 25, John chapter 10, he says, Jesus answered him and said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. I mean, he's telling them I am the Son of God. I mean, that's what he's telling them right there. And he's telling them that you've seen the works and yet you're still questioning who am I? You know, I mean, how, how similar do we see that in today's, in today's society, unfortunately? And in verses, kind of move forward, verses 37 and 38, 
he goes on and he says, If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, and really since I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. I mean, that's pretty straightforward and crystal clear, is it not? I mean, he's telling us and he's given us an account and documented in here for us that he is who he says he is. He is the only Son of God. So the Gospels record, they record the deity of Christ for us. But you know, just these verses right here we can see sadly, even in Jesus' day, when he was walking the earth, that there were still those who chose not to believe, who chose to question, even though they could see, and they were, they were eyewitnesses to a lot of this, and they still chose not to believe. And, uh, you know, it's not, the, it's not the, that the Bible is not the facts, it's not factual and truthful. The problem is, and it always has been, it's man's will. It's man's internal will, whether he'll choose to listen, whether he'll choose to accept and put himself aside and come to the recognition that, guess what? We, as human beings, are not above God. God is above us. And there is an almighty God, and he, I mean, he, his Bible is true. I mean, that's, that's what, to me, that's what the Gospels are trying to help people understand. I mean, you know, I had to come to an understanding 20-some years ago. You know, I mean, I, and I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this, but I mean, I thought I had a pretty good life. Y'all probably heard me say this before. I mean, I had a good, I mean, I thought I had a good life. I mean, I had a family, I had kids, but you know what, what come, what I came to realize once the Lord began to work upon me and deal with me, once I got in church and started hearing his word preached and his word taught was that I wasn't quite as good as what I thought I was. I mean, I'm just being honest, even though I wasn't doing anything bad bad. I was a sinner lost and I was going to hell. I didn't have any hope and I didn't know that. But his word, if we open our minds and we open our heart to his word, it shows us where we are in relationship to Almighty God. And that's what the Gospels are giving us all this, all this account. And, and so they re, again, they record the deity of, of, of Christ and again, folks just chose not to. I mean, the facts were clear. Boy, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to wonder today. Right. I'm glad. Go ahead, Ray. Amen. That's right. That's right. I mean, because when we read his word, I'm glad he's given us his word for that purpose. He's given us his word. I mean, it's not, folks say, well, I don't understand the Bible. Again, it's because they're choosing not to want to understand the Bible. I mean, I'm just being honest. He's made it crystal clear. I mean, facts are facts, and it's all in here. The truth is the truth, and he's laid it out for us and given it to us. But I'm thankful for that this morning. I'm glad he doesn't make it difficult. I'm glad, he, you know, we don't have to be some kind of, we don't have to go through some kind of, I don't know. I'll just let that thought go. But I'm glad he makes it clear for us. So he's given us his word so that we can say today, <laughs> the facts are still clear. I mean, they were clear back in Jesus' day, and they're still clear because his word is clear. So, you know, again, so many choose not to believe, but, you know, I'm still glad that God's desire for every person is for them to come to know the truth, to come to know who he is. And that's the truth, to come to know who he is. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's right. That's exactly right. He 
could not. He could not have. And still, even for us today, I mean, it can't be any clearer if we're seeking, if we're looking, truly looking to know. So, verse 3 of Acts, chapter 1, I'll bounce back over there. Verse 3, he says, Luke tells us, he says, To whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And in verse 3, Luke tells us that after Christ rose from the dead, that he ministered on the earth again for 40 days. I mean, he made himself, and he wasn't hiding, okay? He wouldn't go from one secret room to another. I mean, he was out in public. There were hundreds of people saw him, maybe more than that. I don't, I don't know. I can't say for certain. But there was a lot of folks saw him, and it was intentional. There was a reason for that. So... Um, Again, seen by multitudes of people during those 40 days. So the, I, thought about, I thought about resurrection. And I just thought how that, how that is just key to everything that we believe. And not only is it key to everything that we believe, but the fact that because he rose from the dead, we've got a hope. That we're never, I mean, we're going to die one of these days. We're going to lay this old body down. But boy, it'll only be for a split, I don't even know if it'll be for a split second, Pastor Tom. I don't know how long it'll be, but it won't be for very long. Because he's going to, he's told us that we would be lifted up. We'll we'll live because he lived. So, um, the word resurrection, I just started thinking about the word resurrection and I I couldn't get away from it. And uh, I looked and I pulled my concordance out and I thought it was interesting and uh, that in the Bible, what I saw, I counted, went down and counted 41 times the word resurrection is mentioned in the Bible. And there's no, there's no different, you know, some words are in there like present tense, past tense, not resurrection. It's in there, that's it. There's no, I mean, it's just the word, and it's in there 41 times. And how that, again, resurrection is essential to the gospel. And again, God wanted it to be clear to mankind that his son rose from the dead and that he's alive today. And I say glory. I'm glad he wants us to know that. I mean, he didn't have to. <laughs> I think, you know, he didn't have to give any of this to us. He didn't have to do any of this for us. But he did it because he loves us. And he made a plan for us because he loves me and he loves each and every one of us. He loves everybody. I mean, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. There's no limit. When we think about the resurrection, to me, the resurrection proves that there is no limit to the power of God. God has no limits. And you can, I mean, you can look at creation and say the same thing, but just thinking about resurrection, I mean, there's no limit to God's power. And, you know, to me, the resurrection of Christ is evidence of this. So... Um, Yes. 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 It is. It is amazing. And, you know, I thought about the power of God, how it was, just like Pastor Tom just said, how it was revealed in his resurrection, how there is no limit to it. But you think about the power of God to give life back to those who have died. I mean, and, there, and there's examples of that in the Bible, and I'm just going to kind of mention a few of them. I'm not going to turn back there and read each and every one of them, but just think about this. I mean, when this is in the Old Testament, before Christ ever came to the earth, I mean, we've got in 1 Kings 17, 22, the son of the widow of Zarephath was raised from the dead. I mean, had died, 
Her son was raised from the dead. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 35, the son of the Shunammite woman, same thing. He was dead. He was raised from the dead. Um, the dead man in, in uh, Elisha in 2 Kings 13, 21, the dead man that was restored to life because he touched. Now, I know it was the power of God, okay, but he touched the bones, and he was raised from that. I mean, you know, we read these things, and we just read them sometimes. I mean, that's the power of God. I mean, that's an account. That's documentation that God is who he says he is. You know, I mean, I, I don't know about you all, but it gives me, it gives me peace and it gives me strength every day just to, to, just to dwell on the plain and simple fact that God's word is true and his power, there is no limit. There's no limit to his power. I mean, so when we go through the problems and the trials and we get discouraged and the things that we're going through, his power's not diminished. His power's not diminished. He's still, he's right exactly where he's always been. I say praise the Lord. I mean, I, I mean I'm telling you. So that's, that's Old Testament. So that's, one, that's just three examples in the Old Testament. I'm not going to say that that's all of them, but that's three of them that, that I read. In the New Testament, what about Jairus' daughter? That was brought, she was brought back from the dead. The son of the widow of, of Nain was brought back from the dead. And we know Lazarus of Bethany. And what about Dorcas? And again, Peter was the one who touched Dorcas and brought her. And, you know, and it wasn't Peter, but it was the power of God flowing through him that raised her back from the dead. I mean, I'm telling you, God's power is limitless. Y'all say, you already said that ten times. I may say it five more times before I'm done. I mean, his power is something that we should never take for granted because his power, I'm not worthy of it, but man, I got a little tiny bit of it inside of me because, because his spirit's in me. I mean, think about that. But uh, he loves us. I tell you what, I tell you, he's, 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 he deserves all of our praise. All of our praise. But uh, anyway, where am I at this morning? I don't know. <laughs> I tell you, I, I just, again, the resurrection, I just, I, just couldn't, I just couldn't get past this. And Jesus himself, he even spoke of his resurrection. I mean, he told his disciples and the apostles, he told them. And, and I understand they probably didn't grasp it all. But boy, I'm glad that it's been put in his book for us to read. And, you know, I mean, is there not strength in that? I mean, he told people. He said, this is what's going to happen. And we read, and it's exactly what happened. And guess what? Revelation says something's going to happen. Guess what? One of these days, it's going to happen just like it says in Revelation. I mean, exactly just like it says. It's going to happen. So, in John chapter 6, I'm going to try to slow down and take a breath. Yep. J. Vernon McGee. Yeah, the through the Bible. I've got I've got those books. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're good. They're good. He's got a he's got a good sense of humor too on things. It's funny. I mean he, he had a good sense of humor, but boy, he was no doubt he was good he was a man of God for sure. John chapter six, where am I at here? John chapter six, verse forty. Jesus said, he said, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
I mean, and that's Christ himself speaking. I mean, he knew that he was going to die, but he knew that he was going to raise. But he also said, you know what? If you believe in me and, you, and, and I'm in you, you're going, to, you're going to rise up one of these days too. I say glory. If you go forward to John chapter 11, verse 25. John chapter 11, verse 25. Familiar verse. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I mean, he's telling, he's telling people himself of what's going to happen. He's telling people himself, I'm going to raise, I'm going to rise up again. I'm going to live again. You're going to watch me die, some of you, but I'm, you're also going to watch me come back. I'm coming back. And uh, so even before the resurrection of Christ was foretold long before. I mean, even before Christ ever walked the face of the earth. But if we look at this in Psalm 16, I'll read this to you. Short verse, but Psalm, find it. 16, verse 10. It says, for, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now, I could be wrong, but I think he's talking about, the reference here is to, is to Christ. Yeah. That he's, he's not going to, he won't stay dead. He's going to die for our sins, but he's, gonna, he's not going to go to corruption. He's going to come back. I think that was, a, again, a foretelling of his resurrection. That's fine. I believe it's Psalm 2. Is that where he says that he's first begotten from the dead? Yeah, read verse 7. Verse 7. Yeah, please. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. I mean, I tell you, again, I just couldn't get past this word resurrection. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I just couldn't get past it. I, thought, I sit down and I thought, you know what, I, I, uh, we're not done with these first three verses yet. <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not done. So, I mean, God's not done with this. So, and then Matthew records more documentation for us. I mean, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to read a few verses through the Gospels here, but Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, Matthew tells us this, he says, from that time forth began Jesus to, to show his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. I mean, he's right here again, he's telling us. This is before it happened. He's given us documentation that it's going to happen. In Matthew 26, a few pages, 26, verse 32. 26, verse 32. And he says, but after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. I mean, he's telling them, hey, I'm, you're going to watch me die, but once I come back, this is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to be. You're going to see me. Um, and then in Mark... Chapter 9, verse 9. Chapter 9, verse 9. He says, and this is after they witnessed the transfiguration of Christ. And, he, and here in verse 9, this is what he told them. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them 
that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. Now, I'm sure when they, he told them that, they probably didn't fully understand. But again, this is documentation for us to understand and know that God's Word's true. I mean, God's Word is true. I mean, you can't just say that all this information was just haphazardly, by chance, put together. No, it's right here because Almighty God moved it, and that's why it's in the Bible, and that's why he's given it to us. I'm thankful for that this morning. I know I already said it, but I tell you. So this was all either before Christ came to the earth or as he was here walking the face of the earth, but after the crucifixion. Luke speaks, he tells us back here in verse 3 of Acts, I know I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit, but he says, he uses the words, many infallible proofs. And if you think about that, you think about the things that after Christ was crucified, and that even immediately after they took him and they put him in the tomb, that there was, there's documentation in here that talks about people knew that something was going to happen. Those religious leaders, maybe they didn't want to publicly admit who he was. And again, because of for whatever reasons, whether their hearts were hard, whatever the purpose, doesn't matter why. It was a fact that they did. But if you look in Matthew, again, Matthew 27, and the reason I say that is because we're given record of it. In Matthew chapter 27, this was their response. After he was put in the tomb find it here. Verse 62. Matthew 27, verse 62. It said, And the, and the high priest arose and said unto him, Answer, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong spot. Give me a minute. Let me get in the right chapter. But it's Matthew 27, not 26. Sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together into Pilate, saying, Sir, and then you think about this. You know, you, we can call it, I don't know, we can call it conviction or whatever, but the Lord, the power of God was moving upon the, I mean, they, he was working on them because they knew that what Jesus had said, was, it was, something was going to happen. Okay, they, Otherwise, why did they do what they said here? He said... I know, I know. It's, he says, sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure sealing the stone and setting a watch. And we know, I know, these verses are probably read around Easter time, but I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's Easter or not. That seal, man, they could have put a whole army of people there. It wasn't going to stop him from coming out of that grave. <laughs> I mean, is that... But my, my point is, all of these things are documented because people knew. They knew, they witnessed, they saw the power of the Lord. They just chose not to believe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. 
And just what is it like the, the atheists? I mean, how can you how can you not believe something if you don't if it doesn't? I mean, yeah. Anyway, if it doesn't exist, so. <laughs> Took a nap. <laughs> Can you imagine three days after the torture he went through, getting up walking around? It, it yeah. takes medical people. How long would it take to recover from that? That's right. There's just, there's just no way to deny it. No, there's no way. And that, that's the point I'm trying to make is the fact that they've given us, the Bible gives us plenty of documentation and facts if we'll just consider and allow the Spirit of God to move on us to accept it. I mean, that's all it is. There's nothing, there's no gray area here. There's nothing funny. There's nothing strange. There's nothing dark about any of this. This is all light. This is all crystal clear and pure and holy and true. So, all right. So, each of the Gospels, it records the resurrection, okay? We know this, and gives details of Christ appearing to his disciples and to others. We, we know these things. But I think Luke gives us a, he gives us a detailed account of Christ appearing and talking with two of his disciples on Emmaus Road. Man, I tell you, that's, that's one of my, you know, I shouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but, I mean, that's just one of those, every time I read that, I, I tell you, my, my heart moves. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, just the fact that he came to them and he, and he spoke to them so personal, and then at the end, they realized who he was. I mean, because, and I thought, man, what a... Isn't it great, like Rennie said earlier? I mean, I've never physically seen him. Boy, I know. I know. I know he's alive. I know he's alive. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. And, uh, but uh, I like what he, what he says, what Luke tells us. And again, get kind of the fact that Luke is, I said last week, I'm glad that God gave us Luke and the book of Luke and the book of Acts because there's details in there. I mean, Luke was a detailed writer. I'm not, and I'm not taking anything away from the other writers, but it's just a known fact. Him being a physician and him having the level of intelligence that he had, there's a lot of detail, there's a lot of facts that he gives to us. And I think in, in Luke 24, here is just another example of the detail that he gives to us. After Christ's resurrection, when he came back and he appeared to the disciples, in Jerusalem. And I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to read these verses because, I mean, when we read these things, I mean, th this is just, again, it's the truth being given to us for us to, to know, for us to be strengthened, for us to know and to be able to, to help others understand that Christ is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God. But uh, Luke 24, verse 36 I'm going to read a few verses here. And I like the, I like the, uh, the subtitle of my Bible, the, the few verses before. I'm not going to read them, but verses 31 through 35, the subtitle of those verses are, The Disciples' Eyes Are Open. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad, my, I'm glad my eyes were open one day. My heart was touched. My mind was open to the, to the understanding that the Holy that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He was, He came, He is the Savior of the world and He wants us to be saved. He wanted me to be saved. That's how I got saved. Whosoever. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So verse 36, and he says, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen the Spirit. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you know, how would we react if the Lord suddenly appeared before us? I mean, he could. I'm not saying he has, but I'm saying he could if he chose to. But anyway, and says, and he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? And I like that. He says, behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And we had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. I tell you what, he's just as alive as we are this morning. He's just as alive as we are this morning. I tell you. And he said, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from one high. Boy, I tell you what, aren't you glad that he's given us just a little tiny bit of that power this morning, because we're saved. We've got just a little bit of that power living in us this morning. His spirit to help us, to guide us, direct us, and to help us live for him. I tell you, those verses right there, I don't know what else you, what else you need to know and to believe that Christ, he died, he rose from the dead, and he's sitting on the throne this morning. And it's because he loves us, and he was obedient to the Father, and because he wants to have a relationship with us. I mean, I'm telling you, that's, it doesn't, I don't know how it gets any better than that. I don't know how it gets any better than that. But. That's right, that's right. But if a person, a sinner, a, a lost person's willing, I mean, I was one of those people one day, Robert. You know, I mean, I was one of those folks. I mean, somebody continually invited me to church, invited me to church. Lord started dealing with me. And you know what? The Lord started, I'll tell you what the Lord started dealing with me on the first thing. I can still remember crystal clear. He said, you got two kids. He said, you got two kids. He said, you need to have those two kids in church. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, that was a, that moved upon me. And <laughs> it was over after that. And I can tell you that. And I'm glad. I'm glad I can sit here and tell you that I, that I listened. Not because I'm anybody, but, uh, because he is who he is. He's, he's the one that's worthy of all the praise this morning. I tell you. I'm just glad that he, aren't you glad he desires to have a relationship with us? I mean, I just, I just can't get over it. I'll never get over it. So I'm going to quit there this morning.